Okay, we're set. Okay, let's. Uh, I wanted to pick up here with. Uh, <clears throat> um, oh, in the book of Deuteronomy, I was sharing this with a friend of mine this past week, and I was trying to explain. And I actually counted the first fifteen books is completely historic. The first fifteen, and they're chronologically just perfect. Look down through their Genesis. That's basically halfway through it, other than Noah and Adam. You got Adam, and then all the way down to the fifth chapter, sixth chapter, it's a flood. Then it starts all over with Noah. And then the rest of Genesis is Abraham. Okay, Exodus, Moses, you know, they got out of Egypt. These, um, these four go together, back to back. But anyway, Joshua, they're in the promised land. Well, actually, they're taking over the promised land. It all fell apart at the end. Judges, that's the reason you had to have judges, because everybody ran for cover. They didn't run to the Lord. They were all... It just makes all kind of sense. Ruth, a little short book there, she ran back to the Moabites. I mean, she, she was found living with the Moabites. Uh, her daughter, daughter-in-law, uh, Naomi. Then anyway, it picks up with Samuel, First and Second Samuel, which is, this is basically King David, okay? And then these are kings. What's that? It's all the kings. Chronicles was just, and there's another book we just don't have, but it was, uh, it's referenced, but we don't have it. Um, Chronicles, they just chronicled everything that happened with those kings. And then, of course, after that, you pick up with uh, Ezra. Where'd it go? Uh, yes, excuse me, I skipped it. Um, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, and that's when they, Nebuchadnezzar had taken them over, and they came back to the promised land 70 years later. Then the rest of these are just, uh, they were the prophets, or you could say the preachers, that were there during that time. And it just, uh, oh, you know, makes a lot of sense. Like, look at Daniel. See what it says? In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar. And that puts you in the time frame and you would know, oh, that's up in Chronicles or Second Kings, such and such a time. You'll know, oh, wow, I know what was happening. Because there's only a few stories about that time period. But anyway, uh, so uh, I want to look here at the tail end of, it's actually totally the tail end of uh, Moses' life. Notice what it says. Oh, these words which Moses spake, uh, let me get back to Living Bible. Excuse me a second. Let's get back to that. Okay, these, uh, this book records Moses' address. That's why I say the Gettysburg Address. To the people of Israel, when they were camped in the valley of whatever. In other words, anyway, they were all the way to the promised land. All they had to do was cross the water, and they were there. The speech was given. Look at that. Here's a date. February 15th, 40 years after the people of Israel left, well, we're going to call it Egypt, but it was Mount Sinai where the mountain was on fire and all this kind of stuff. Though it only takes 11 days to travel there. Well, see, it was interesting. I know it only takes 11 days to take 6 million, or just say it was 3 million people, all of Atlanta, everybody in Atlanta, move them to the promised land. It only takes 11 days. Well, wait, God, they knew nothing about God. All they knew was he wiped out Egypt. Woo! Well, Moses went up on the mountain. They heard God's voice. Oh, man. And they were scared. And then when Moses didn't come back for 40 days, they thought, well, he's gone. So they built a cow. Oh, man. But anyway, the Lord fixed all that. Anyway, uh, he taught them about them. In Exodus, the last part, the second half of Exodus is all about how to build the tabernacle. So the tabernacle tent's ready to go. In uh, Leviticus, it means, Leviticus, it's, it just stands for uh, instructions to the Levi. 
to the tribe of Levi. In other words, now how you operate in that tabernacle, very important. And then in Numbers, we're on the way to the promised land. Well, of course, when they got there, you know what happened. They go, we can't do this. We can't take this. So that's why they had to wind up staying for 40 years. But they, even though it only takes 11 days to get there, the Lord had to teach them about himself because they were going to, if he had taken them to the promised land without giving them any information about himself, they were going to lose out completely. Just That's the reason they, they treated the Lord so badly on the way to the promised land. As soon as they got out of, they crossed the, the what was it, the, the Red Sea. Then a few days later, they did, we ain't got no water. And they're going, we won't go back to Egypt. I beg your pardon, you were slaves. We want, we want the gods of Egypt. God gives them water, okay? And then they're saying, we're starving. And he brings them food, meat, and every day they got manna. But it was just... Back and forth, back and forth. And he was trying to tell them. So anyway, this was this speech. Now this speech goes on and on and on. But there's an end. It only goes to, uh, I think it's chapter 34 is where it quits. But it's, a, it's an entire speech. It wouldn't take long to go through. But now, we're going to pick up here. In, uh, I want us to start here in the, uh, in the eighth chapter. And he goes on. And, but see, sometimes I'm going to read the Bible. And so they drop themselves in Deuteronomy chapter 8. You're not even going to understand what's going on. Except for you'll go, oh, yeah, the Lord's mean. Oh, hold on. You must obey all the commandments I give you today. There was 10 on those tablets. That was not hard to figure out. Okay? I mean, really, don't kill anybody. I mean, he wasn't saying, you know, well, don't go to war. Of course you go to war. You got to go to war. And you got to defend yourself if you're being attacked. It was talking about murder. Don't sneak up on somebody because you're mad at them and kill them. That's a pretty good law. You know, I mean, we can all sleep good tonight knowing, and then what's another one? Don't steal. Okay. Don't commit adultery. I mean, come on. Somebody's married to somebody. Y'all ought not be messing around with somebody else's married wife. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Great instructions. And then what? Don't steal. And then what's another good one? Don't lie. Why? Ah, it's okay. No. But see, we've, we've honed it down today, and we've added to it two big ones. Drugs and alcohol. Oh, drugs. Oh, alcohol. Oh. you got nothing to do with the Ten Commandments, you know. And we think that's the thing. And so we get away scot-free thinking that, you know, this is just so difficult. No, uh-uh. we've changed stuff around. You must obey my commandments I give you today. If you do, look at, look at, look at this. You'll not only live... You will multiply and go into the land and take over the land promised to your fathers by the Lord. And do you remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness all those 40 years, humbling you and testing you? Now, if you've read the story, you know he wasn't burning your cats and dogs and doing means to... He was not. They would look like they didn't have... He humbled them with that manna. He said, don't try to grab too much... For the next few days, just get what you want today. That's what he was doing. And remember what they, they looked in the cupboard, all those the hoarders, and the next morning had worms all in it. You know, oh, that's real punishment of the Lord. It's no punishment because the next morning, even though that had worms in it, go out in the yard, get the new stuff. Well, I don't know if it'll be there tomorrow. God said it will be there tomorrow. And so that's how you learn to trust the Lord. It's fantastic. It worked. But anyway, so that's what he's talking about. Yes, humbling you by letting you go hungry, then feeding you with manna. A food previously... Uh, unknown to both of you and your ancestors. I mean, this was never heard of before. Look at this. He did this. Now, guess what this next verse is? That's where Jesus quoted. Now, this is the Living Bible. But this is what Jesus said to the devil. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Living Bible says this way. 
He did it to help you realize that food isn't everything. Real life comes from obeying every command of God. Now notice this. All those 40 years. Now think about your washing machine, your dryer, your car. Mel, you're going to D.C. here. Uh, your clothes. Look at this. And now think 40 years. I can't even think of anything I own in the clothes department that's 40 years old. I mean, it's just unheard of. But maybe that's why God is the God of miracles for all of us today. Look at what he says. All those 40 years, your clothes haven't grown old. Now, we're talking the whole population of Atlanta here. Your feet haven't even been blistered and swollen. You know what? You had to think about that when Moses said it. I'm sure some of them were like, yeah. Hmm. He's got a point there. Hello. Praise the Lord. If you've got feet problem, you need to be telling the Lord about this. Praise the Lord. You kept all them Israelites for 40 years? Because remember, the New Testament claims we are just like the Israelites. We have these same blessings. You should realize that as man punishes his son, the Lord punishes you to help you. Well, it wasn't that much of a, I mean, shoot. You don't kill your kids when you punish them. I mean, so a lot of people, oh, car wrecks, oh, baloney, please. He says, obey all the laws of the Lord, walk in his ways and fear him. Now watch what he says. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Now I'll tell you what, today's preachers, not unfortunately, I bet you across Huntsville, they're not getting this. Look at this. A land of brooks, pools, gushing springs, valleys, and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley and grapes, fig trees, pomegranates, olives. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The verse above says he's going to punish us. Well, ain't got nothing to do with this. But see, today we believe, oh, man. My car's messing up, and you know, I guess the Lord's punished. No, he's not. Look at that. Look at the list. Olives, honey. It's a land where food is plentiful. Nothing is lacking. A land where iron is as common as stone. Copper is abundant in the hills. When you've eaten your fill, boy, now here's where we got to watch it. That's the reason it's in your Bible. When you've eaten your fill, Bless the Lord for all the land He's given you. But see, today we're inundated with evolution. We're inundated with you're lucky or you were diligent. They'll say things like, God helps those that helps themselves. And so you'll be thinking, I helped myself. Uh, my daddy was a worker and so I was a worker too. And that's what it is. I just hard work. It's not hard work. They didn't do nothing here. They're hard work. Actually, the labor we perform is a labor of faith. Now look, look what he says. Makes a lot of sense. But in that time, be careful. Beware in your plenty. The Lord's going to sneak up on you. No, you're going to sneak up on yourself. Don't forget the Lord, your God, and begin to disobey Him. For when you have become full and prosperous, built homes to live in, your flocks and herds have become very large. Look at that. Your silver and gold is multiplied. Now remember, God brought them to this. He didn't say, well, we need to weed out the silver and gold. No, He didn't. That's the time to watch out, that you don't become proud and forget the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery in the land of Egypt. That's the reason there were several feasts. The first one was the Passover. It was to remind them that they were brought out of slavery. Many people today, we don't even know what Passover is. We hardly know what Easter is. Well, it's resurrection. Well, it's resurrection, but it was also Passover. Anyway. Beware that you don't forget the Lord. Who let, look, at, look at this. Oh, what can we get from this? I even get scared of this on account of both of these things. One of, I was at my house one day just a year ago. It might have been a year and a half ago. One of Dustin's friends was over there, and I heard him say, Mr. Adair, and, and I said, 
I heard what he said, but I wanted to hear him again. I said, what? He said, there's a scorpion in your washing machine. <laughs> a scorpion? Now, I'd seen it before, but it had been a long time, you know. Don't forget it was the Lord who led you through the great and terrible wilderness on your way to D.C., Mel. See that? Look at that. Okay. With the dangerous snakes and scorpions. Look at that. Where it was so hot and dry, they stayed there 40 years. Air conditioned. Red carpet, basically. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness. It was a kind of bread unknown so that it, you, in other words, you would become humble so that you would trust in him. Your, your trust in him would grow. And notice this, he could do you good. Did you know that in Joshua, as soon as they got into promised land, the next morning there was no manna. They didn't need it because they were like, well, that grape yard's ours over there. They just walked over and took it. That farmland was theirs. Everybody just ran off. Hornets were flying around and running off some people. Wasn't running off the Israelis. They couldn't believe it. But they still got big-headed and go, well, I guess we're just such hot stuff. Watch this. Anyway, he did this so that you would never feel that it was your own power and might that made you wealthy. Boy, we have... Now, I appreciate our education system. And I've had people listen to me before, and they go, well, yeah, Richard, yeah, well, you're a dadgum good worker. Well, I'm not going to argue with them. But I'm not going to do what he's warning me against here. I'm going to say, Lord, it's you. Praise the Lord. You're the one that's given me all this favor. Look, we're, it, these two chapters are fantastic. Watch this. We're done with this one. Remember, it's not your own power that makes you wealthy. Always remember, it's the Lord your God who gives you power to become rich. And he does it to fulfill his promise to your ancestors. Abraham's gone. Of course, he's still alive with Jesus, but... He promised that through Abraham, all nations would be blessed. And not only that, we get all the blessings that Abraham's got. So your wallet's going to be affected today by what God promised. He said, remember, it's God that gives you the power to become rich. He does it to fulfill His you know, promise to the answers. But if you forget about the Lord your God, here it is. Worship other gods. That's what messes us up. We're not going to do it though. And follow evil ways, you'll certainly perish, just as the Lord caused the other nations in the past to perish. Okay, he said, that'll be your undoing if you don't obey the Lord your God. Now remember, there's always a sacrifice for sin. So if you did something wrong to your mama and your daddy, or you did something you shouldn't have done, or whatever, there was always a sacrifice. There was a daily sacrifice too, one in the morning, one in the evening. And then you brought one yourself. Then there was a big one once a year. So he's not saying you've got to certainly be perfect. Now here we go. He's still talking, oh Israel, listen, today you're going to cross the Jordan River and to begin to dispossess the nations on the other side. Now remember 40 years ago they said, we can't do this. There's giants over there. Can you imagine that? You're standing next to the God Almighty, angels that look ferocious, you know, they're just glorious, bright and shining, and you say you can't get in the promised land. Those nations are much greater and more powerful than you. They live in high-walled cities. Among them, the famed, here they are, Anak giants against whom no one can stand. Verse 3, Moses said, but the Lord your God, what? Will go before you as a devouring fire. He didn't say he might, he said he would. So that you will quickly conquer them and drive them out. Now I want to stop here and remind you, just before he gave this speech, uh, actually he said it a few ch chapters before, Israel, before they got the promised land, they wiped out King Og and then King Sahan. It was the Amorites. Uh, 
Yeah, the Amorites, not the Ammonites, but the Amorites. And it was just like, they just blew them away. The generals even came back to Moses and said, uh, Hey, boss, Mr. Moses, we got some extra booty here we want to give to the Lord. And we'll tell you why. And Moses says, why? We did a count of all our men in the army, and we didn't lose anybody. We lost not even one soldier. And it was 300 dollars worth of gold and stuff that these generals. I, didn't it wake up the generals? They're like, man, we knew it was the Lord. Okay. He says, now notice what he says. Uh, you're going to quickly conquer them all. Okay. Verse 4. Then the Lord, excuse me, then when the Lord has done this for you, look at this phrase. Don't say to yourselves, the Lord helped us because we're so good. Now, this will help you when you're struggling with a sore throat and you're going, I guess the Lord's trying to slow me down and I'm not going to get healed because I'm just not that good. Throw that away. None of us are good enough. Trust the Lord for your healing, backaches, headaches, whatever it is. Don't put it on a level of yourself. You can't earn this. He says here, you're not getting in the promised land because you are so good. Look at this. No, it's because the wickedness of the other nations he's doing this. It's not at all because you are such fine and upright people that the Lord will drive them out from before you. I'll say it again. It's only because the wickedness of the other nations and because of his promises to your ancestors. Look at that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he'll do it. I'll say it again. Jehovah, your God, is not giving you this good land because you are so good. And guess what the next phrase is? Because you are not. <laughs> I mean, praise the Lord. Do you see that there's no reason for me to be bargaining with the Lord saying that I guess I don't deserve these things and so don't give them to me? He said, you're not. You're a wicked and stubborn people. And they were. Don't you remember, oh, never forget, how continually angry you made the Lord out in the wilderness from the day you left Egypt until now. For all this time, you've constantly rebelled against him. Boy, they did, didn't they? Don't you remember how angry you made him at Mount Horb? That's when they made that cow. Oh, wow. He was ready to destroy you. I was on the mountain at the time receiving the contract which Jehovah had made with you, the stone tablets. I was there 40 days. See, so recap. And I didn't eat nothing. I didn't even take a drink of water. I mean, I, I tell you, there's a lot of neat little things right here. You know, praise the Lord. Well, you'll die if you don't have no water. No, you'll die if you don't have Jesus. And you'll die if you don't have... Yeah, well, it doesn't... Anyway, amazing stuff. The Lord alone will sustain you. But anyway, he wrote down those tablets on... Uh, anyway, he wrote those, the commandments... He had spoken from the fire-covered mountain while the people watched below. Moses is up inside the furnace, <laughs> but they think he's gone. The mountain's still on fire. He told me to go down quickly because the people he led out of Egypt had defiled themselves, turning from the laws of God. What'd they do? They made an idol. Made a cow. Moo. Let's see what happens. Let me alone that I may destroy this evil, stubborn people. The Lord told me, I'll blot out their name under heaven. I'll make a nation mighty, uh, a mighty nation of you mightier and greater than I are, than they are. Now, some people like to say this was Jesus. No, Jesus is Jesus. This was Moses, okay? Moses said the same thing when uh, the sons of Korah said, well, we don't believe you're from God. We can hear from God just as much as you. And Moses got so mad, he, he told the Lord, he says, get rid of all of them. So one day Moses is saying, no, 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 don't do it. And one day Moses is saying, I've had enough. I've had enough of these people. Anyway, I came down from the burning mountain 
holding the commandments in my hand. This is a great picture we've always seen, you know, and he dashes them against the ground. Inscribed the two tablets, the names, the laws of God. There below me, I could see the calf you made in your terrible sin against the Lord your God. See, the sin was a sin of, we got another God. We like him better. I lifted the tablets high in my head. I dashed them to the ground. I smashed them before your eyes. Then for another 40 days, I lay before the Lord. Good night. He has spent in the same year 80 days with no water and no food. Boy, he's racking them up. For you've done what the Lord hates most, provoking him to anger. What is it? Must have said a cuss word. No, they made this doggone cow. How I feared for you. The Lord was ready to destroy you. But at that time, he listened to me. Aaron was in great danger. Remember, Aaron was the one that fashioned it. Because the Lord was angry with him. But I prayed and the Lord spared him. He said, I took your sin, the calf you made, burned it into fine ground. And, and, and I, I burned it and ground it into fine dust and threw it in the stream that cascaded around the mountain. Again, at this place and at this other place, you angered the Lord. And yet at Kibroth, whatever that place is, and at Kadesh Barnea, when you were told to enter the land he gave you, you rebelled and said, you know, what did he say? You know, that you wouldn't believe he would help you. You refused to obey him. Yes, you've been a rebellious against the Lord from the first day I knew you. That's why I fell down before the Lord for 40 days. I mean, he's ready to get rid of y'all. Okay. Anyway, he didn't do it. He said, I prayed to the Lord. Oh, God, don't destroy your own people. They're your inheritance saved from Egypt by your mighty power. Don't, don't notice the rebellion and stubbornness of this people. Remember instead your promises to your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, oh, please overlook their awful wickedness and sin. For if you destroy them, the Egyptians are going to say, well, I guess he had to destroy them because, you know, uh, you know, he destroyed them because he hated them. Well, of course, God didn't do that. Now, notice getting into all these wonderful lands and whatever. And I'm not going to the 10th chapter, but I just want to show you this. Uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews just a second. And in chapter uh, 3... Notice this. This is the same story about us. Dear brothers whom God has set apart for himself, just like we're coming out of the promised land. I want you to think about this. Jesus, who is God's messenger and the high priest of our faith. Okay, now Jesus is. This guy in his picture, okay? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2. Jesus was faithful to God, who appointed him high priest, just as Moses was also faithful and served in God's house. But Jesus has far more greater glory than Jesus, okay, I mean, than Moses. Well, that's because that's God, okay? But what I want you to see here is that that same promise, it's the same today. All those houses we come into, it's the reason we say promised land. Now, I hear people say, well, that's not going to get you to the promised land. Well, it's funny. We ought to be having the most fun because the promised land, do you know part of the promised land and part of the, the law? Your loans, my loans at the credit union, they go, you know, I mean, well, whatever. Well, your house loans, 30 years, 15 years, whatever, and you can forget it. But you never get a loan at the credit union that says for a car it's 60 months. But, oh, by the way, uh, the seventh year is coming up, so you're only going to have to make payments for a year. That's the way it was in, in Israel. It was fantastic. No loan went longer than seven years. And then at the end of 50 years, if you sold your land, you got it back. Man, no wonder... Balaam said, I wish I could die as happy as an Israelite. Wow, okay, anyway. Moses did a fine job working in God's house. Okay, let me, let me skip down here a little bit. Uh, let's see. And let's just see if he's still talking about the promised land. Yep. Since Christ is much superior, the Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him and be careful to hear his voice today. 
Let not your heart be set against him, as Israel did. They steeled themselves against his love and complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. Yeah, but he was like, no, he was saying, go into the promised land, it's yours. And they were like taking the same poker and going, no, you hate us. You brought us out here to die. <sighs> Shoes weren't wore out. Nobody found scorpions in their tent. No snakes. Oh, yeah, right. And air conditioning, heating at night. Yeah, buddy. But God was patient with them 40 years. And though they tried his patience sorely, he kept right on doing his mighty miracles for them to see. Praise the Lord. But God says, I was very angry with them, for their hearts were always looking somewhere else. Well, we know that's the reason it's our, this promise is all ours today. So he tells you and I to beware in our own hearts that we find, up, find ourselves being unbelieving. And so we say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, I know you believe in Jesus, but let's don't go to the promised land and say we can't get in. Now, let me get to the very end of this part right here. He says here, uh, they were the ones who came out uh, with Moses from Egypt, from, with Moses, their leader. Who was it that God was angry with those 40 years? The same people who sinned and died in the wilderness. To whom was God speaking? He swore with an oath they were not going to get in. Now, remember, he said, you're not going in. Now, their kids, 20 years, actually 19 and younger, they were all going in. But not the others. Now, watch this next verse. He says, notice, why couldn't they go in? Because they didn't trust him. Look at the next verse. Although God's promise still stands... It's still there. Still there. I think in the 10th chapter, it could be somewhere else. It's one of the most strongest healing scriptures I've ever seen in my land. It's in my life. The, Moses said that I'll take all sickness away from you. And he says, even the sicknesses that were on the Egyptians when I got you out of there. He says, I'll place them all on your enemies. <laughs> that's all in one verse. And I've never used that as a healing verse. Boy, I, that's a sure as a good one. But anyway, we need to stop. Although God's promises still stand, His promise that all may enter His place of rest. We ought to tremble with fear because some of you may be on the verge of failing to get in at all. Now why? This wonderful good news that, uh, that God wants to save us has been given to us just as it was to those who lived at that time. Notice what? But it didn't do them any good because they didn't believe it. They didn't mix it with faith. Now let's skip straight to the bottom of this. It's a real quick chapter, but I'm... For time, let's go right to it. Notice what he says here. Jesus, the Son of God, our great high priest, who's gone into heaven himself for us. Let's therefore never stop trusting him. Now what's he talking about? Well, I'm going to heaven. He was talking about the promised land. Giants, food, houses, and all this kind of stuff. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Since he had the same temptations as we do, though he never gave way to them and sin. Let's come boldly to the very throne of God. Stay there and receive his mercy and find grace to help. Look at that. In our times of need. Well, he's talking about going to heaven. No, he's not. Who needs to worry about heaven? That'd be, that'd be almost like a promised land thing. Lord, I'm, I'm not sure that you're really going to save me when I die. That's just as guilty as getting to the promised land and saying, I think judgment, you're going to send me to hell. What? He died for our sins. Unless you believe that I am He, Jesus said, you'll die in your sins. Well, I believe you're Him. And I believe John 3, 16, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish. Verses above it, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Weird story. Everybody's getting bit by these snakes. And it was killing them. 
And God said, make this, make this snake out of bronze, hold it up on a pole. Everybody that looks at that pole will be healed. And that's where John 3.16 comes from, the very next verse. Wow. So let's come boldly to the throne of grace. Right, he says the promised land's mine. He says it ain't because I'm such a hot rod Richard ain't there. It's because his promise to Abraham, well, then I'm just going to walk right on in. And I'm going to get what? Receive mercy. And I'm going to find grace to help. When? In times of need. And like I said, that is not talking about going to heaven. That's talking about my daily struggles. Father, we thank you for your word today. No matter what we're faced with, we're like the children of Israel that believe and went into the promised land and got there and took out Jericho and kept on going, following you and your word. So, Lord, if we're faced with any kind of sickness or problem or whatever we're dealing with, Lord, we thank you. You'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. Gospel's not limited to one thing only. Praise the Lord. Same thing's true for finances. You'll take care of us financially. And if it's any other problem we're worried about or whatever, Lord, in the light of this, we know you'll take care of it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us, Lord, to do what you said to do. Go into the promised land. Possess it. We're well able, as Joshua said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen.